The New Testament lesson for today is from Hebrews chapter 9, verses 11 through 15. This can be found on page 1,193 of your pew Bible. The shed blood of the Son of God, Jesus Christ, has provided an eternal sacrifice for our sin and opened the way for everlasting salvation to those who follow him. A reading from Hebrews, chapter 9, beginning with the 11th verse. But when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, he entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of defiled persons with ashes of a heifer signify for the purification of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the internal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Therefore, he is the mediator of a new covenant, so that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance, since a death has occurred that redeems them from the transgressions committed under the first covenant. May God add his blessing to the reading of his holy word. A good friend of mine is a pastor at another church. And we were talking last week, you know, we've had just a little bit of winter weather. I'm not sure if you're aware of that, but uh, um, she, because of these really cold temperatures, her church has gone through the process of having 23 burst pipes. And the plumber was there, and he is a familiar face at the church now, and he said to her, you know, you can keep paying me to come back year after year and fix burst pipes or you can invest in a whole new plumbing system. So what they're stuck with doing as they keep repairing year after year is really a temporary fix just to get them through to the next season. But they know ultimately they're going to have to do it in a permanent way eventually. Well, it's actually very similar to our text for today. We're going to take a look at that. But first you may wonder, why are we in Hebrews when we've been in Exodus? Well, as you know, we're taking this journey through the Bible, and once a month we go into the New Testament to look at how it helps us to understand that journey through Exodus that the people of Israel were going through. Um, and I'm going to ask Max to put up the wonderful picture Nathan used last week. This is what was happening in kids' church when they were learning about the tabernacle and the people of Exodus traveling through. And in there you see the fire, a fire for uh, burning of animals. There's also an altar that's out in front of the tabernacle where animals were slaughtered um, and their blood used for the worship service. So in that tabernacle you see the lamb. Everybody sees the lamb, right? That was the, the sacrifice, it had to be an unblemished lamb. And then the Holy of Holies is that tent in the background. So we're going to have that visual in mind as we go through this. Let me tell you, um, as we consider that, that Jesus actually was the perfect lamb, the perfect sacrifice. Jesus was the great high priest. And now we have a more perfect tent, which I'll explain to you in a moment. 
A permanent solution was found for all the temporary fixes that were needed. The work is done. The original audience that received this letter were Hebrew Christians. They knew the Torah really well. They knew all about the story of Exodus. So what might have sounded a little complicated today to us, for them, they would have understood all of what was being referenced in this note. And what had happened for these Hebrew Christians is that they were getting persecuted for their faith. So many of them were walking away. And the writer of Hebrews is saying, no, you must persevere. Keep going, keep going, because God's offer of forgiveness is the new covenant for all and once for all. Now, Jesus is the great high priest for all of us, and I want to take a look at what this means as we look again at the first two verses of Hebrews chapter 9, verses 11 and 12. But when Christ appeared as a high priest of the many good things that have come, Then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is not of creation, entered once for all into the holy places. And notice what it says, the good things that have come or will come. And this is talking about Jesus. Jesus was the good thing that has arrived. And the work he's going to continue to do is what is to come. And it's telling us we can trust God will provide. God is good, and what God provides for us will meet our needs. That language of a perfect tent in there, what that's talking about, we learn later in Hebrews what it's defining. Jesus came not to the tabernacle or the tent, as we saw in that picture, or even the temple for the people of Israel, but actually Jesus went to the holy places. That was going into heaven. Jesus went to heaven to intercede for us with God, to to set things right, to mediate um, before the throne of heaven for us. So not only does the high priest intercede and mediate, but the high priest transfers guilt to atone for sin and also sprinkles the people with blood as a sign of forgiveness. There's something else the high priest would do. Once a year, the high priest would go into that back part of the tabernacle, the Holy of Holies, that was also true in the temple. And the high priest would go into that inner room and offer, offer um, to, to atone for the sins of the people, but he would never go in without blood. And that blood was offered for himself and for the sins of the people, even the ones they had committed in ignorance. They didn't even know. Whatever your unintentional sin is, even that must be atoned for. And that blood came from animals that were sacrificed. And how that happened is a person would bring forward the animal, and the priest would lay their hands on on the sacrifice in order to transfer as a substitute the person's guilt onto the animal. And then the animal was slaughtered. Um, So that transfer took place, and those sacrifices had to be done for each person that came over and over again. It was repeated year after year for the pardon of sins. Think of how many animals were needed to continue this practice of gaining pardon. And And the challenge was all of that work that was done was not eternal. It was not lasting. 
You may wonder where all this practice came from. We read about this in back in Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11, about why animals were sacrificed by the priest. For the life of the creature is in the blood, and I've given it to you to make atonement for yourselves on the altar. It is the blood that makes atonement for one's life. Now, what would happen is the priest would not only have the blood that would go back into the Holy of Holies, but they would also sprinkle it. And we see this when Moses brought down the Ten Commandments to the people. He sprinkled the blood on the scroll, on the people, on the tabernacle, and on everything used in the ceremonies, because blood purified them. And this law required that almost everything be cleansed with blood. Now, these sacrifices were needed because back in that time in Exodus that we read about, God said a new thing. I'm going to come and dwell with my people. I'm going to bring my presence down to my people. But God being holy and just as our source and standard for all that is right is also free from all evil and does not tolerate it. And since the fall, humans are sinful and given into evil. We break God's law. But God is also merciful, loving, and forgiving. So he provided sacrifices as a way to substitute our sin onto another and to provide a way back for us into relationship with God. We're cleansed and purified. That problem that was a temporary fix still needed to be repeated over and over again. But Jesus came not only to be the high priest and to atone for our sins and intercede with us before God, Jesus came to be the sacrifice, the offering. And with Jesus, this sacrifice or offering is once for all, it is permanent. Let's take a look again at verse 12. It tells us that Jesus entered once for all into the holy places not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. So Jesus went into heaven interceding for us with God, but instead of bringing blood of animals, he brought his own blood. He came before God and said, I will be the one to pay the ransom. I will secure their redemption, and it is an eternal not a temporary one. He paid that price to cancel our debt forever and to put us back in right relationship with God. We saw in Leviticus how the blood contains life and makes atonement for sin. And this is because of what we read later in Hebrews 9.22. It tells us, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness for sins. As a child, I never understood why the cross was necessary and all the torture that happened to Jesus that led up to his death. And I, I remember asking God, wasn't there a better way? You're the God of the universe. Wasn't there a better way that didn't involve this sacrifice and death? But what I didn't understand then was the depth of my sin and the height of God's glory and holiness and justice, and how great a divide there was between those two things, it was unsurmountable. 
It was like a wall between me and God, and that wall could not be bridged or broken until Jesus came. And his promise was that he could take down that wall. Throughout the Old Testament, we see God's grace, but sometimes more in glimpses than what we see in Jesus, which is God's love and the extent to which he loves me and you, that he would give his only son for us to set us free, to make things right for all who would believe in him. Jesus provided a way. Um, how many of you, this is now a little older, but how many of you saw the movie back in 2004 called The Passion? Anybody here? Okay, many of you did. All right. Well, that movie really was another coin dropping deeper for me in an understanding of what Jesus' blood and sacrifice meant. And I remember even hearing stories. I was out in Seattle at the time, but I knew Stanwich Church had a movie theater rented and that you all took communion together at the end of the movie, which would have been an incredibly powerful way to have seen that film. But I was out west, and I remember coming out of that theater, and I needed to go to a beach in the Puget Sound, just walking the beach for hours. I was so moved by this film. And I remember feeling like there were just no words because it gave me a visual portrayal of what Jesus went through, the unjust and bloody death that he suffered for me. The thought that my sin was part of his brutal death broke me and humbled me. But I also felt profound gratitude alongside my grief that God loves me so much that he would rescue me at that price. It reminded me not to take my salvation or God's gift of relationship for granted. Life is in the blood. Many of our congregation this past December were part of giving blood in a blood drive to honor baby Charles Davis's recovery. And that is a picture, isn't it a perfect picture, of giving your blood or your life for another. Jesus willingly chose to lay down his life for us, and his blood brings not just temporary healing, but full, complete, and eternal healing. And that transfusion we receive in him, his resurrection life flows through us by the power of the Holy Spirit in us. He washes us clean. He cleanses us by his blood from all of our sins, past, present, and future. There is, God got to the core of the problems by Jesus' perfect sacrifice he made a way so we can have joy when we follow him. And we can't add to what Jesus has already done. What is done is finished. It's over. Our scripture for today goes on to talk a little bit about how Christ's blood purifies our conscience to serve the living God. We were made holy by Jesus. Now, before those sacrifices of animals... He, the writer of Hebrews tells us, only purified the flesh. But Jesus' sacrifice purified 
us and cleansed our conscience, our inner being. So the change, the heart change that Jesus brought was not just external cleansing, but internal cleansing. All the guilt we know and have experienced in our life from all that we have done, left undone, or even that's been done to us is now fully removed. God knew that guilt can hold us back from fully living and fully loving and fully giving ourselves to God. Jesus restored us to God forever. So how do you and I live in response to this amazing gift? God did all this so that you and I can join in the good work he's doing in the world. And it was so that we could serve the living God with joy by the power of his spirit in us. And when we do so, we find hope and freedom and peace. My guess is we all know someone we admire who because of their heart change is now serving the living God in selfless ways. Do you have a face that comes to mind for you of someone in your life? Well, I want to share a picture with you of someone I know who is a, one of my role models. Max, would you mind putting that up for us? Now, some of you may have seen this picture before. Anybody know who this is and can call it out? Brian Stevenson, all right, well done. So I see he's also a little bit of a role model for a few other people here as well. I want to tell you a little bit about Brian. Um, he is a committed Christian and one of the most courageous people I know. He graduated Harvard Law School in the mid-80s and had a heart for the poor and the minorities in the criminal justice system. So he went on to found and direct the Equal Justice Initiative in Montgomery, Alabama. Some of you may have read his book called Just Mercy or seen the film by that name. He was named by Time's 100 Most Influential Leaders and twice on Fortune's World's Greatest Leaders list. He and his staff have won reversals or release for pris for, from prison for 135 wrongly condemned prisoners on death row. He's also run relief for hundreds of others who were wrongly convicted or unfairly sentenced. Now, as an, as an African-American male from the North, for the past four decades, he chose to practice law and help bring justice to those who were wrongly accused. And for that, he and his staff have faced death threats many times as they work to set things right. You know, with his education and networks, he could have gotten a comfortable, lucrative, safe job, but instead he chose to go to a place where at the time he was not welcome because he had a vision of a world that was fair and equitable. And he was willing to sacrifice his own well-being and security to help bring justice and have justice prevail for others. That courage can only come by Holy Spirit conviction. For God's light to shine in so darkness can be overcome, it requires people like Brian who are willing to step into the darkness with light. Now, Brian's never been married or had a family, and when he's been interviewed about it, he said that his life's work is so demanding that he doesn't have space. It's not compatible for marriage and family. 
And I personally believe that was a sacrifice on his part so that others could have the opportunity to do so. Think of all those reunited families, the new marriages, the children, and the grandchildren that have come from innocent and now free people who at one time had no hope. Brian's is a different kind of legacy, but it has implications for so many people and so many generations. He's making known God's justice and heart for those who suffer, and he's also sharing God's mercy to restore people. He is making Christ known, and he reminds me to pray through how I might make a difference in the world like he does. Because our Lord Jesus offered his life, we have the opportunity to give ours away for others. He took on our sin as that perfect sacrifice. He mediates and intercedes with God as the great high priest. And he's given us that life-giving power in the Holy Spirit so we can love and serve others to fulfill God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven to bring justice for others, to make all things right. And we find God's joy and God's presence as we do so. Amen.